welcome dear friends to another thought provoking episode of text to task simplifying education i'm your host kargi and today we delve into the heart of two crucial pillars that shape our society democratic practices and inclusive learning environments in a world where ideas and perspectives interweave where voices from all corners of society deserve to be heard the significance of democratic practices cannot be overstated it's about empowering individuals to contribute shaping policies that resonate and fostering a sense of community that embraces diversity and unity and who better to guide us through this journey than a true advocate for democratic education and inclusive spaces dr nicole mira nicole holds the position of associate professor of urban teacher education at the rutgers university graduate school of education Before this role she taught in secondary literacy and debate in New York and Los Angeles. Nicole's research involves the application of participatory design techniques across classroom, community and digital settings, aiming to collaboratively establish civic learning environments alongside youth and educators. Among her notable works are Educating for Empathy, Literacy Learning and Civic Engagement, Doing Youth Participatory Action Research, transforming inquiry with researchers educators and students and civics for the world to come committing to democracy in every classroom dear dr nicole mira we want to express our sincere appreciation for being with us today your remarkable expertise and research on student civic engagement and the significance of their involvement in the public sphere have truly left a lasting impact It is an absolute honor to have you as our guest and we eagerly anticipate the invaluable knowledge we will gain from your expertise. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. So we'll start. So frequently we come across students who seem disinterested in politics or events beyond their immediate surroundings. So why do you think a student agency and participation is essential in shaping democratic classrooms? I think that's a great question and I think I think the key phrase there that you used is democratic classrooms and I think sometimes we often wonder why young people aren't immediately engaged but I think it's also about the contradictions in that term I don't think that all classrooms are set up to be democratic spaces and young people know that so schools are kind of in this situation of doing two things at the same time on one hand they can be places where we get to practice what it means to build the world that we desire and the world that our young people deserve but on the other hand we know that schools are also also sites of social control uh where we expect students to be obedient where we tell students what knowledge they're supposed to learn and when we ask them to regurgitate it on tests we care very much right now in schools in the US about narrow academic learning to just learn these subjects pass these tests so that you can go on economically to go to post secondary education or get a job and oftentimes we're not talking enough about what it means to be in a democracy or how to treat young people who are becoming democratic citizens so young people can tell when there's a contradiction they can tell when they're being told that they are citizens but then they're being treated like they don't have agency in the classroom they're being told to just follow the rules sit quietly don't speak up except when spoken to And so it makes sense to me that oftentimes students don't feel as engaged in that environment because they can see that we're not always walking the walk when we talk the talk about democratic classrooms. So I think when it comes to agency and participation, 
if the only time we're asking for agency and participation is by asking students to do what we adults tell them to do, then that's not really what a democracy is all about. So I think we need to, as adults and as educators in a school system, need to really rethink what classrooms and schools look like to support young people to be authentically engaged. Because when kids can tell that something's not fair, we know that they're not going to respond, right? So we shouldn't just be making schools places to tell students how to survive in the world that is currently around them, because we know the world that's currently around them is pretty dysfunctional in a lot of ways and unequal, unjust. We need to be seeing schools as a place to support them, to build the kind of world that is worthy of them, a world that is more equitable, more just, more democratic than the one that we're currently in. And so before we can tell students what they need to do differently, I think we adults need to set up schools differently. And I think that's possible. Uh, and then we can truly talk about what it means for students to have choice, um, for them to engage in ways that they choose to, as opposed to always the way that adults are telling them to. Um, so that's what I try to work on in my in my scholarship and in my teaching is how to create, how to help adults to create schools that look a little different than the ones that we see around us to make them more democratic for young people. So expanding further on, what strategies can be used to overcome these challenges in implementing democratic practices in the classroom? Mm -hmm. And so, like I was saying, if we if we think that schools are not currently set up very well to be democratic spaces, then that means that I think a lot of times we often are looking for, um, you know, is there a lesson plan I can give someone? Is there a simple strategy that we can all add to our toolkit? And it's just not as simple as that. Like it really is a mind, it's a mindset shift. We need to think about like reorganizing what teaching and learning looks like in schools. And that seems like a really tall order for, for teachers and administrators to think about, but we really need to think at what am I teaching in my classroom right now? And is it preparing young people? What am I actually communicating through my teaching about what I value? What kind of society, if, if my students do everything that I'm telling them to, what society am, am I imagining for them? What values do, am I ex incorporating in my teaching? So I would look at my own, I'm a high school English teacher as, by training. So I would look at my curriculum because sometimes we're just taught to keep on going, get through the grind, like day after day, the kids are coming in, I've got content to teach. But I step back and say, what, what am I valuing in my classroom? Am I valuing just obedience? Am I valuing creativity? What kind of relationships do I have with my students? What am I telling them is going to be important in the world beyond my classroom? What, am, what voices are in my curriculum and what voices are not in my curriculum? Every single choice that we make as teachers is communicating messages to our students about what values are important in the world, what democracy means, and what's not important in the world. And sometimes that's hard to realize because we just feel like we're teaching content, our subject area, but we're not just teaching our subject area. Everything we do has a political message to it. And I don't mean political like, you know, Democrat, Republican, it's not partisan politics, it's just the values of like what it means to live in the world. And so I think that the first step to creating a different classroom is that we need to understand that every one of us is a civics teacher. So in the US, we often think of civics teachers as that one class that students take about government or economics, but I'm an English teacher, I'm a civics teacher, science teachers are civics teachers, language teachers are civics teachers. We all need to understand that we all have a role to play. Uh, and once we do that, we can look at our curriculum 
and think like, why does what why does what I'm teaching matter for students in the real world? Like, how could they use this when they're outside of my classroom, not just for a test, but to like be in community with others and solve real problems? Because we know that students have those real problems going on around them. We've got political polarization. We've got climate change. We've got uh, systemic racism still existing in our like. There's many things that students need to know that their education matters to help them have a better world than the one that they're currently in. So those are the first first steps is like, we don't have to throw out everything that we do. We just need to look at what we do from a new lens and say, how is democracy being expressed through what I teach? And how can I make tweaks so that students can see that this matters in the real world? How can they see that the way they might act can create more empathy with people that are different from them so that we don't have the kind of violence and the kind of polarization that we often see in society right now. So those are, those are my first, the first ways that I start. So as you've rightly said that teachers mostly act as transmitters of knowledge. So mm -hmm. expanding farther on, I just want to know how can teachers then promote critical thinking, empathy and good manners among students? Mm -hmm. So that's, I spend a lot of my time thinking about what it means to how, how empathy is often thought about in the world and how we can think about it from a more critical perspective. I think first of all, the idea of good manners really speaks to this idea of like, we often assume that what it means to be empathetic or what it means to be a good citizen is to be nice and to be kind and to have good manners. And that's true to a certain extent, but uh, a good uh, some mentors of mine that I've learned a lot from, Joel Westheimer and Joe Kahn, they've written a lot about um, different visions of a citizen. And they actually argue that if we only focus on everyone being nice and kind and honest, and if we just focus on character education and being like obedient and kind, that that could actually be like, that could be a way of living that like dictators would be happy if everybody in their society was just obedient and nice and honest. So sometimes we don't need to have good manners as it's like traditionally understood. Sometimes to be in a democracy, you need to stand up to injustice. Sometimes you need to shout, you need to protest. Sometimes you need to, you know, demand your rights. And so I think we need to, of course, we all need to be kind to each other, but we don't, we're not kind when we're experiencing oppression. So there's a difference between just like, don't raise your voice ever, don't ever challenge authority. That's actually not what we need in a democracy. So when I think about what we need, like we, in our book, my, uh, I have a book just, just came out with um, my colleague, Ontario Garcia, and we we write about how if we want to be teachers who are helping our students to build a new world, there's five commitments that we argue um, that we could all focus on in our classrooms that can help them do that. And that's inquiry, storytelling, play, networking, and advocacy. And so no matter what subject you teach, those are five commitments that we can incorporate into all of our classes. We can get students asking the big questions. We can get them telling their stories of their lives and listening to other people's stories of their lives. We can get them to use their imagination and play a little bit because sometimes we lose that as we go through school. We forget that knowledge should be about fun and, and about imagining. Uh, we can use digital technology and our communities to actually network with other people, learn what their lives are like to create problem solving. And we can advocate for what we believe in. Those are all things that can happen through the content that we learn in school. And so when I think about empathy, it's not just about trying to put yourself in someone else's shoes. 
it's about understanding that each of our lives in the society is different based on a lot of different factors and that I cannot fully realize someone else's experience. But what I can do is I can try to move outside of my own frame of mind and be open to hearing someone else's story and think about what it means for people with so many different stories to be living in one society together and be understanding that we don't always get to have everything our exact way. We need to be open to the idea that we have a value of believing that everything needs to be in the service of equity and justice. And that means that we constantly need to be questioning our own values, questioning ourselves, being open to alternative perspectives. Um, so I think those are the things that I feel like every lesson that I teach, every text that I teach, I'm always thinking about how I can incorporate one of those five commitments or five values into what I do. So then how to create an inclusive and equitable learning environments for diverse student population? Mm -hmm. And so I think at the end of the day, like we've talked about culturally relevant uh, pedagogy before. So the idea of um, Gloria Ladson Billings, the idea that all learning, we know this from the science of learning, all students learn better when learning starts from their own experience, where they come from, what they know, what they care about. So everyone in this country and around the world lives in a certain cultural environment and they have certain experiences and that's where we need to start and honor those experiences and build from those experiences to talk about these bigger issues. Uh, a white, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I was growing up in a suburban community as a white cisgender heterosexual woman. So my experiences of the society and of democracy in America are very different than the students that I taught in Brooklyn who were black and Latinx students living in New York city and experiencing um, inequality. So, we can't just talk about democracy as if it's the same for everyone, as if everyone's having the same experiences, as if everyone should have the same um, dispositions and values. We need to understand that everyone is coming from a certain unique space. Uh, a lot of folks have had very, very negative experiences uh, with our democracy, where we often have espoused certain values, but then not living out our values in action. And we need to not turn away from that. There's no one size fits all. Everyone needs to start from where they from what their experiences are and kind of build democracy from there. So for me, that's why of all the commitments that I listed earlier from our book, the place that we start is inquiry. I think if we're willing to ask questions and be curious, that is the heart of every other commitment that comes after that. I was thinking we tell a story in the book about Ella Baker, who is often, she's often described as the mother of the civil rights movement in the United States. And she started in freedom schools, which were, informal learning environments that happened outside of classrooms, out in communities for young people and adults to come together and talk about like, why are we seeing the inequities we see around us? What can we do about it? And it was very culturally responsive. It started from people, it honored people's own identities and then showed them how they can use action for social change. And so for me, I think if we encourage our students to always be asking questions about why are we learning this? What is the purpose behind this? Uh, how does this relate to my own life? Why should I care about this? When it seems like my world is like is what I see around me, how do I start to expand my perspectives to understand how I'm connected to folks that are living in different communities, folks that are living across the country and across the world? If we start asking those questions and we build our curriculum to help students explore those questions and find the connections to their own life, then diverse learners from every community 
can find a way to to plug in. And so that's one of the communities that I run, the research project that I run uses digital media to connect young people from communities across the country to tell their own stories. Because oftentimes there's a lot of segregation in our in our country, in our in our neighborhoods. So oftentimes students go to schools with people who have similar experiences to them, but never get the chance to really truly get to know people that are unlike them. And it's often scary to have conversations across difference. So we use digital media to get young people just talking to each other from very different communities, just to talk about like, where do I come from? What are my experiences? And it opens people's eyes to the idea that not everyone lives like I do. Not everyone values what I do, but we all have to live in this country together. So how do we do that? And just starting with that question, and you know, kids kids want to get to know each other. So obviously, they're excited to like connect with others. They're 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 building those connections. To me, that's the that's the core of creating a sense of everyone is included um, because we're all we're all in it together, like fighting for a common vision of like a a shared democratic future. Uh, Professor Mira, you have connections with numerous teacher organizations across U.S. and are actively guiding them. So can you walk me through the process of how teachers can collaborate with parents and communities to reinforce democratic values in education? Definitely. I think, again, this is one of the ways that schools often, um, we say in schools that we want to be part of, we want schools to be hubs in the community and we want schools and teachers to be connected to parents and families and to communities. But then we often set up structures that make it really hard to do that. So we we have gates and walls around our schools that separate them from their, so the surrounding communities. We often only invite parents in or families in when there's a problem or when there's a parent-teacher conference night. Uh, we often don't share what our curriculum is with our the families. We just expect parents and families to send their students to school and we only reach out when it's the kind of the direction of like the, the school needs something, they reach out to families. They don't think about what families need often. And I get it, we all have, there's so many different um, jobs that we all have to do and families are busy, teachers are busy, but we can, we can organize our curriculum. If we believe that the school is truly a hub in the community, then we should be organizing our learning to take advantage of the wealth of knowledge and the wealth of resources that are around us in the community. So, when I would teach, I would always start with an inquiry project where students literally mapped out their own community because oftentimes we don't think about what are the houses of worship? What are the businesses? What are the community organizations? What are the things that our families bring to the table? Terry also talks about community, cultural wealth. Um, and then we can, obviously we can have guest speakers invite folks into the classroom, make ourselves available, go out and create events in the community where we don't always have people come to the school. We can go out and have events in the community to, to find, let other people know who we are and what we do with young people. Uh, we could have students conducting research out in the community where they go and ask questions that they care about. They can survey their communities. They can interview elders in the community. There's so many ways we could still meet the standards that we need to meet academically but we can do it in ways where the knowledge doesn't simply come from a book. The knowledge comes from the people that are literally living all around us. And so I think it takes a little bit of effort. And I know we're all stressed and we're all often, you know, just trying to get through each day because there's lots of pressures put on educators. But I think if we spend some time calling 
families at the beginning of the school year, not for negative reason, just to get to know folks and to say something positive about their young people, we can start to create partnerships that can then like blossom into to projects. So we're not just inviting people to come on certain nights to our school. So those are all things that I'm always thinking about is how can we, if we know the content that we're teaching, how can we just do that extra step of making that effort to see how can my content be relevant to the museum that's that's down the road or the community organization where people have been organizing for rights for the community members? How can we connect and we can both be working on the same page? Because I think that's that's where things start to fall apart is when people aren't communicating. And when we just see like schools over here, the rest of life is over there. We need to truly see schools as being like nestled within communities uh, who are working together for like a, a common purpose, because then that, that, that circles back to the democracy. Then we start to realize that these are, this is my community. We all might have different visions. Sometimes we might have disagreements. We might approach problems differently, but if we can all have that dialogue and learn how to do that when kids are still young, they're going to take those values into the rest of their lives to knowing what it's like to have a conversation with someone that has a different opinion than you or someone whose identity is different than yours. Uh, how to work through disagreements in ways that don't involve fighting or violence. Like those are all things that we can be instilling in school when adults kind of like set the example and lead the way and start to make those connections for them. So those are all things that I think can make schools the kinds of places that would be more democratic and make classroom spaces where the learning is like, we don't separate the learning between like the standards and the books and the community. It's all melded together. Professor Nicole Mira, having you on this journey has been a true honor. <laughs> Your wisdom and profound insights have added an unmatched richness to our discussions. Thank you sincerely for your invaluable contributions. I'm eagerly looking forward to future conversations with you. Thank you so much. Oh, thank Professor you. Nicole. So great to talk to you.